I'm Vic. And I'm Jenny. And we're two bad bitches with lit degrees who read and discuss fan fiction. Welcome to Fan Fiction Book Club. Today, we are going to be discussing what is like, I would say probably the most famous fan fiction of all time. Absolutely. I don't think there's a fan fiction reader who hasn't either heard of, I think we've all read it. It's My Immortal by... Tara Gillespie, if you are watching the video, I did air quotes there. I don't know how I feel about the author. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, Jenny, walk us through a little bit about My Immortal. All right. So My Immortal is a fanfic by Tara Gillespie. I did not use air quotes there because I think that pen names are as important as real names when it comes to authors. You know what? That's fair. Uh, that was, That's a fair yeah. point. Yeah, it was published in the early to mid 2000s, meaning before 2010, I want to say it was like 2008 or so. And it is a Harry Potter fan fiction. It is also one of the most famous self insert fanfics of all time with the author Tara being one of the primary characters in the story. Now, what I love so much about the story is that it just it really shows us where we were at, not just as a fan fiction culture, which we can get to, but as a culture in general, because Tara Gillespie was a member of the scene. Oh. Vic, were you a member of the scene? Was I a scene kid? Yeah, were you a scene kid? Oh God, yeah. I was like, okay. So like, if you look at pictures of me, so in 2008, I was in high school. I was in grade 10. I know, I know, I'm older than you. We don't have to talk about it, okay? Okay, we don't have to talk about it. Um, I got into high school in September 2007. So in 2008, um, I was just finishing grade 9 and going into grade 10. And so I was in like my peak emo phase. But if you looked at me, you wouldn't be able to tell because my mom wouldn't let me dye my hair black. So my hair closest it would go, dark brown. My mom wouldn't buy me black eyeliner. <laughs> so closest I would wear, brown eyeliner. So I just looked like a You soft... were trying so hard. I know. <laughs> I just looked like, and I couldn't get like the emo swoop. So like, I was just like a nerdy book reading kid who really listened to a lot of MCR. Okay, just wait, I lot. love that. <laughs> I was on the other end of the spectrum where um, I was absolutely a member of the scene. Absolutely. Yeah. I had, like, the chunky highlights that oh. you would do with, like, the at-home bleach. Oh, hell um, yeah. Obviously, my hair is naturally very dark. Yeah. Um, And so I had I had that. I would straighten my hair every single day, and I cut Ooh, so the back of fried. my hair short and the front of my hair really long. So I had coontails, if you remember coontails. Oh, I remember Oh, and then I had like my God. fingerless black and red striped gloves. I would wear corsets to like middle school middle school class all the time. Obviously, so I had like as is tradition, like, like the like goth corsets with like the, the like skulls on them. Hell yeah! You know, oh, and yeah, yeah I, I also I used to go and hang out at Hot Topic in the mall during my free time. So I was I was a little bit of a mall goth. We didn't even have Hot Topic up here back then. That's so sad. I know. So for everyone who doesn't know already, I'm Canadian. I know I mentioned it last episode, but you could be tuning in for this episode for the first time. I'm Canadian. We didn't get Hot Topics in Canada until I was in like university. That's such a bummer. I, I can't, know. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine having gone through all of that without right. Hot Topics. I still sometimes buy stuff from Hot Topic. There might have been a couple of Hot Topics in like Toronto, but like it's like um the Chipotle phenomenon. We don't have Chipotle's in Canada unless it's in like Toronto. I literally can't come visit you. I'm so I sorry. I know. I listen. Toronto's within driving distance of me. So How am I supposed to get my Chipotle, Chipotle 
and my scene gear. There are hot topics now. Okay, all right. There well, that's are good. hot topics now. Blue Notes we was got... our option back then. Okay. Blue Notes well, was I'm... the place. I feel like like um, scene kids nowadays have so many more options because like I think that the e girl e boy thing really kind of popularized a lot of stuff. Oh, that was popped more off on TikTok. Hell yeah. Yeah, like. <laughs> I owned trip pants. <laughs> oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh, back in the day. And they were like deeply uncool. I mean, I thought they were cool, but they were 100%. deeply uncool in like the era of Abercrombie and whatnot. Oh yeah. Um, so now I feel like I see all of these like TikTok teens walking around in like trip pants, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. with like mm-hmm. turtlenecks under big t-shirts, and I'm yep. like that trip pants cost me like 150 bucks and i was 13 it took me so long to save that money it's like why did i have to suffer through this yeah as an why was it and yeah. now you're all cool for it you're all cool and i like walked around with the like to write love on her arm shirt and everything oh god. my god the way that just took me back viscerally right <gasps> right i had like a to write love on her arms wristband that i would yeah. wear with my never shout never wristband oh my and god yeah yeah and my I simple know. plan wristband they're canadian <laughs> i know my boys <laughs> oh me my whenever god. anyone lose. mentions simple plan or some 41 i'm like they're canadian <laughs> I mean, Without yeah, fail. I know that some 41's Canadian because they married Canadian icon... Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. My girl. Every time I drive by Napanee, I'm like... Which doesn't happen very often. I was going to say, like, are you just driving past random Canada? <laughs> no, no. Like, Napanee's in southern Ontario. So, like, I went okay, on a road okay. trip to Montreal once and then another time to Ottawa. And when you drive from, like, Toronto to, to Ottawa or Montreal, you pass by Napanee. So... <laughs> And Every you were time, like, hey, I'm like, my, my girl. girl. Yeah, Anyways. Exactly. Avril Lavigne was my first concert. I have a lot of feelings about Avril Lavigne. Uh, my first concert was, well, the first concert like I chose to go to that I wasn't like brought to by my parents was Paramore. Oh, so like, Paramore is so good. It was the Fueled by Ramen tour too. Delicious. For all you scene kids in the audience who are like getting some throwbacks. Fueled by Ramen. Mm. Bring Me the Horizon opened for them, as did Tegan and Sarah. They're Canadian. So, My Immortal. <laughs> my Immortal, anyways. Yes. Let's talk about um, fan fiction on our fan fiction podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why we brought up all the scene stuff is because uh, Tara Gillespie really wrote from the perspective of a young teenager who views themselves as ostracized from the press, mm-hmm. which I also think is like something preps that really dates for everyone. Yeah, preps. Just so you all know. <laughs> with a Z. Yeah. A Z, as we would say in literally anywhere that's not England. <laughs> um, right. Anyways, it's Z, but it's fine. <laughs> so, anyways, she wrote from the perspective of of like an ostracized scene kid, and yeah. she uses the phrase "preps" so often that I really think that we should take a pause and have yeah. two former scene kids uh, kind of dissect that. Preps were like Abra zombies, right? Yeah. Like you, they like, were the uh, kids, the sports kids, the kids, the yeah. popular kids, the ones who any like... kid that was higher ranking than you on the social chain yeah. was pretty much a prep. Yeah, it was um, weird. I went to a really weird high school, and so like in middle school that social chain existed but at my high school like it did exist but the lines were super blurred because i went to a super nerdy high school 
So everyone that was at the school was like kind of nerdy, even like the really popular kids. So, like, so I went to a public school that was like just pretty average for both of my middle school and high school experiences. And it was the American public school system. So, you know, it was not good. It's an experience from what I've yeah. heard. So um, going into this fic, I think with the mindset yeah. of we were there. Yeah. We were living the Tara Gillespie experience. In that moment. Yes. As it was occurring. Yeah. So I think that uh, another thing you need to bear in mind with this fan fiction when you're reading it or discussing it is that uh, it's also kind of perfectly encapsulates the idea of a Mary Sue. Oh, uh, yeah. And a lot of people use the term Mary Sue and use it wrong. So, Vic, do you know where Mary Sue came comes from? Oh, God, I remember I read about the etymology, but I can't remember the second. I, I actually know this off the top of okay, my head just like the last time. So... This, because uh, I cited my sources so well last time, citing my sources this time uh, comes from a DeviantArt post because I was on DeviantArt back Are in the all? same era. Yeah. yeah. And Mary Sue actually originates from a self-insert character in one of the original Star Trek fan Right, it was Star Trek. We yes, it was how... Star Trek. I remember, yeah. yeah, I knew it was like one of the star Yeah, sons, yeah. But I couldn't remember yeah. if it was Star Wars or Trek. So it was a Star Trek character. And Mary Sue is like a self-insert character yeah. who can do nothing wrong. Like, yeah. she is flawless at everything. Everybody's in love with her. Yeah. She's uh, sort of just a poorly created self-insert. Now, yeah. the problem with Mary Sue's, and the term Mary Sue, as Vic kind of alluded to, is uh, it's been sort of co-opted by, like, gross nerd boys to yeah. refer to any empowered female character. Which is frustrating because... Isn't that just an indicator of, like, how little they see female characters as, like, robust? Like, there's so many people that I've had arguments with over the years, like, the Ray being a Mary Sue principal. Cringe. That's the thing Physical that, pain. like, makes me like, so angry. Same. You want to know like, who was a real Mary Sue in those in those series? I'm ready. Luke Skywalker. Yes, exactly. Like, you want to talk about Mary That gay boy in his Chanel boots? Yeah. That gay boy was a Mary Sue, and they refused to acknowledge a... it for Luke. But if you're going to say Mary, if you're going to say Ray was a fucking Mary Sue, then you better acknowledge that your fucking boy Luke was a Mary Sue too. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And so, like, it's definitely been co-opted by nerd culture, and so a lot of people utilize the term Mary Sue wrong. But when you're analyzing lit, there's a lot of, like, valid criticisms for it. Um, not criticisms, but like there's a lot of valid conversations around the concept of a Mary Sue. Um, Bella there's, Swan. There's a lot of books as well. Like there's a lot of books like Outlander. Um, yeah. Or like uh, the romance genre in general. They don't necessarily employ the concept of a Mary Sue. But if you're reading like a generic smut, especially one from like the mid 90s to the early 2000s, a lot of them basically have like blanked out main characters who can do no wrong, who you can easily slide yourself into. So it's sort of like a Mary Sue. So it's something that's seen a lot, but extra a lot in fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and extra I think that a lot in My Immortal. What separates My Immortal from that is that basically it is hard to project onto the main character, Ebony Darkness, Dementia exactly. Ravenway. Because... <laughs> 
Well, that just says it all, actually. <laughs> her name is Ebony Darkness Dimensional Raven Wade. Now, let's break the name down. Ebony means black. And yeah. she says that she has ebony black, yeah. like, I believe, like, waist-length long hair. That's I'll how read she you gets a her quote. name. I have right, long ebony black hair. That's how I got my name. I, yes, I knew it. <laughs> With purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back. And icy blue eyes like limpid tears. And a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. For oh, those of you that? who don't know who Amy Lee is, it's the lead singer of Evanescence. If you don't know who that is, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Which is the author's note. <laughs> it's the author's note immediately after that. So oh my uh, God. that's a good way to lead into our discussion of the actual book oh. here. Um, now let's start with like maybe what it exemplifies in fan fictions. I think that... The author's note interrupting the sentence is a perfect oh, yeah. example of how fan fictions used to read. Mid-2000s fanfic. In a nutshell, yeah. right there. Author's note, smack dab in the middle of the paragraph. Pull you right out of it, baby. Break that fourth wall right away. Like <laughs> Immersion is for losers. <laughs> exactly. What do you... You mean you want to be immersed in the story? No. <laughs> Fuck Who that. wants to be immersed in a story? It's time uh, for the author to interrupt herself. Exactly. Like, you could save it. Put some fucking footnotes in, for God's sakes. Utilize a uh, Turabian format. Yeah, exactly. I think that... The thing that frustrates me about reading this is that I know that I first read this, this at about 12 or 13, so 2010, 2011... And uh, I actually read it on the site that I have pulled up right now, which is pretty interesting because I believe at that point it was still up on fan fiction. Yeah. So That's I can I read remember it reading it on fan fiction and I was reading it and it almost read like something that the friend who showed me it would have written um, because we were like 12 or 13 years old. And thing. so I thought that they had just like written a kind of bad fan fiction. Yeah. And I was like, did you write this? And they were like, no. <laughs> Why would you think that? Friendship immediately over. That was actually right? Jenny's first friendship breakup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, um, I yeah, I just, I remember my yeah. experience of reading this for the first time very vividly. Yeah. I think last episode we talked about yeah. how, like, it's sort of like, like a major world event or tragedy yeah. where it's like, you know exactly where you were. 100%. And, like what you were doing well like so i was in high school when it came out i read it when i think i was like 14 or 15 i want to say i was in grade 10 and my school had these things um where like uh like i'm not gonna give the actual title of what they were because like that would like totally dox my high school but um they basically had these things where like certain days of the month you could like choose what classes you wanted to go to if you wanted to like uh like study more of that specific class um because uh, i went to a school that didn't have like a strict curriculum it was like self-paced yeah it was it, you had to have a lot of fucking discipline to go to my high school um yeah so we Dude, had what the hell we had no due dates um we had a kid get stabbed during lunch and you were just out here choosing what classes yeah you to yeah to. yeah it was really cool like we had like no due dates and we basically had to like um pace ourselves and finish the whole we had to finish the whole course by the end of the term but we could finish it as fast as we wanted and in whatever order we wanted cool yeah it was really cool so it was one of those days and like those days you went to whatever classes you wanted but like you didn't do work 
Right. You just hung out with your friends. Like that was right. The you whole were all point. like, we're all going to chemistry, right? And then you just sat there. Exactly. Right? So yeah, I okay. remember being in like, uh, it was like one of my great. It was my my room for civics up in Canada in grade ten. You have to take something called civics and careers, um, and like it like teaches you about law in Ontario, and then one teaches you about like potential jobs you could have. So it was like our civics classroom. No one was there, and I just remember my friend, who is my best friend to this day says you need to read this fucking fanfic and it was a very integral moment in my life because earlier that day i had also watched my very first vlogbrothers video holy shit yeah so we were interested in the same things at the same time i was just significantly (laughs) younger than you okay awesome so i had watched my first vlogbrothers video had had my first introduction to john green um and hank green and then i read my immortal and i just remember sitting in this civics classroom like what everything has changed everything in my life has just changed and we just like relentlessly picked apart this fucking fanfic we called ourselves the death dealers for several months (laughs) it was life-changing see i love that it was your best friend who's still your best friend who introduced you to it because i uh i was over at my friend's house um my best friend from childhood, who's still one of my very best friends. Yeah. And they were like, here, sit on my laptop. I need you to read something. And I remember I was wearing my Paramore band shirt. Oh, yeah. I had like my little rubble brace- bracelets on and I had like the pink plasticky extensions. Oh, yeah. In my hair oh, to like yeah. make it extra like Kuntaili, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I sat down to read it on their bed. And I remember them just like standing in the corner staring at me. <laughs> As I read it. They were witnessing an iconic life-changing moment. That's what it was. This was the same friend who like a week and a half earlier had introduced me to Vlogbrothers, which is what (laughs) I love so much. Because I remember just being like, what's Vlogbrothers? And they were like, you're not aware of Nerdfighteria? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, legitimately. And I don't even remember how I discovered the Vlogbrothers, but I just remember being like, it's 2008. I have just discovered this life-changing thing. This is amazing. Yeah. This was probably 2010, so I it was you were a little a bit, bit after yeah. you, but I think that that has to do with just age. I had I spent uh, several years as a very big fan of yeah. the Vlogbrothers. Me too. Kind well, of still am, Loki. <laughs> like people will be like, "Yeah, Hank Green from TikTok," and I'm like, "Hank Hold Green from TikTok." Back it up. <laughs> what are Come you back to me about? when you've watched his giraffe sex video, right? Like. The hot fish. Exactly. Hank fish from the hot fish video? Uh, come back to me when you hear his music. His Harry Potter rock music. But then I went to Jimmy John's. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so. Anyway, so yes. Jenny and I are the same person. In case you didn't get it last last week. <laughs> we're just really driving it home here. We live yeah, the same lives. Same lives, like different trajectories. Yes. Very different senses of style. Same person. Same person. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. We're two sides of the same coin. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't catch Vic outside of the house in a pair of sweatpants on a Monday during work hours, but you would absolutely see me doing that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So then, so you remember where you were, where you read it. Yeah. Um, (sighs) What scene? impacts you the most i have to look up what chapter it is because i do want to read mine out loud if if you want to do the same thing 
I don't even remember when it was, but I will never forget the first time I read Dumbledore and Lupin masticating. <gasps> they were masticating on a broomstick <laughs> yes. outside. I, I can will, quote that from I my will, fucking brain. Never forget. That was I will never so forget good. it. The first time I read it, I was like, what? Just what? <laughs> so for those of you who require context, spoilers in case you want to quickly read My Immortal before you oh listen to this. God. There is a scene where um, the main character, Ebony, uh, slash Anobi, slash Anubili. Yeah. Um, There's various <laughs> spellings of every name. She uh, takes a shower and she gets out of the shower and she's standing there in her towel mm-hmm. and she starts to change and she looks out the window and she sees... Dumbledore and Snap. Snap, because she never spells it Snape. And also Dumbledore, she spells wrong every single time. And it's different. Outside on a broomstick. Mm -hmm. Masticating. Yes. Now, from context, because she's like, you pervs, you have to assume that she means masturbating. masturbating. Obviously. But... It's the fact that I have to deduce that on top of the fact that that scene was written and then put onto the website. You know, masticating, for those of you who don't know at home, means chewing. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I'm going to so, I'm gonna pull some context clues out of here. And exactly. I'm going to figure out what's actually happening. Uh, oh, but Ebony's are we sure? such a no. good character. Like she, yeah. she oh, sleeps yeah. in a coffin yeah. lined with hot pink yeah. silk because she is a vampire. Yeah, well, it's it's and, it's ebony black on the outside. Yeah, and then ebony it's hot pink outside. satin mm-hmm. with black lace. I love that you remember this. I just read it. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, and she, uh, she's vying for the affections. Well. She has several men vying for her affections. Yes. Everyone's in love with her. Sirius Black's in love with her. Yeah. Harry Potter's in love with her. Mm-hmm. Draco Malfoy's well, in sorry, love with her. Well, sorry, Harry Vampire Potter. Harry Vampire Potter. Yeah. And Draco, who at some point acquires a vampire name, but it's not until, like, pretty much till the end. Yeah, and it never really sticks. Yeah, so Like, Draco... Ron becomes Diabolo. Yeah. Exactly. And that sticks immediately. And Hermione becomes below D. Mary, right? Yeah. Yes. But it's like B apostrophe mm-hmm. Luddy Mary, yes. Belody yeah. Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, Because they're all vampires as well. In case we glossed yeah. over that part. Forgot about letting y'all <laughs> know that vampires. part. Not only do they go to Hogwarts, but they're also all vampires. Blood they in their series. They never class, though. Pardon? Like, this is, they never go to class. No, 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 no. There's actually no school involved. No. They but just, they're like, they're at Hogwarts. Yeah, like, they're at Hogwarts, no classes. Several elite concerts at Hogsmeade though (laughs) okay we'll get to that part but when I when I force Vic to walk us through the plot um because that's her assignment we'll get there but basically yeah they're vampires and the main romance drama because of course this is from the early 2000s so there's gotta be a love triangle and it's between Anobi yep slash Ebony Mm -hmm. Anobi though Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway yeah A.K.A. Anobi. Yeah. Anobi, Draco, Mm -hmm. and Harry. And Harry's name is Vampire. And Vampire and Draco 
used to date because they're both bisexual right. and authors note aren't bisexual men so sexy which yeah. we don't have time to unpack right now um <laughs> there's a lot so to unpack Draco and harry like occasionally hook up over the the plot of the book yep. story mm-hmm. but both harry and draco want to be exclusive with ebony yes and so that brings us to my favorite scene which is i believe after it's after the Hogsmeade, the first Hogsmeade concert. The Good Charlotte We'll one? get into how many Good Charlotte concerts okay. there are, but I believe they go to two. Right. And so they go to the Good Charlotte concert. They get back in the flying car after having done drugs or whatever in yep. the car. They're yep. very inspecific. And they land in the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, not going back to Hogwarts. No, they're going to the Forbidden Forest for a very specific purpose. Mm-hmm. It is so that Draco yep. and Ebony can have sex. And my favorite scene in the entire story. Vic's like losing her mind over here because she knows what I'm about to read out loud. Oh, yeah. Is the sex scene Uh between Draco and Ebony. And I want to say, like, this is not safe for work, but it's actually not not safe for work. It's It's perfectly perfectly safe for work. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. (laughs) Feel free to come and have your boss listen to this. Yeah. and then ellipses, 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 ellipses. Suddenly, just as I, Draco kissed me passionately. Draco climbed on top of me and we started to make out keenly against a tree. He took off my top and I took off his clothes. I even took off my bra. Then he put his thingy into my you know what and we did it for the first time. Oh, 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 I screamed. I was beginning to get an orgasm. We started to kiss everywhere and my pale body became all warm and then ellipses extra period what the are the hell are you doing you motherfuckers it was ellipses 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 she's not exaggerating ellipses 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 dumbledore and it's the one and only time dumbledore is spelled correctly yes it this is the only time that she spells dumbledore in the entire story yeah it's uh pretty iconic uh, never have I ever been turned on by someone describing, put his thingy into my you-know-what, and we did it for the first time. And that's not about to start today, you know? Really? I think it's kind of sexy. It got me a little hot and bothered. <laughs> I was beginning to get an orgasm. Were you? <laughs> Were you, Enneby? My pale body got all hot. Here's my thing, bestie. One. You're a vampire. <clears throat> That shit ain't possible, especially if we're going based on the Twilight lore, which this girl was for sure going based on the Twilight lore. For sure. Yeah. It was 2008. Yeah. That's Twilight lore. Got Twilight lore written all over it. I can't. I can't. There's just, just so many iconic moments like this. There are. I I know. It just the misspellings. It's too much. So also, okay, so immediately hard. after this, Dumbledore has maybe his best line in the entire story, <laughs> which is Dumbledore made Dumbledore made and Draco and I follow him. He kept shouting at us angrily. Here's the best line. You ludicrous fools, he shouted. <laughs> ludicrous spelled Luda. like the rapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luda. Luda. I literally, I remember reading that specific line (laughs) and crying, laughing, absolutely sobbing. 
Everything in this story hits back to back to back. There's no breaks yeah, here because no... immediately after Dumbledore calls them ludicrous fools, right? <laughs> Ebony says, I started to cry tears of blood down my pallid face. There's no like it's you're you're right. And I think that's why it's so compulsively readable. Because like when you're reading a bad book, there are usually small stretches where it's tolerable and you can forget. You can forget yeah. for the briefest of moments that you're reading a horrible book. But yeah, then every you're dark reminded. cloud has a silver lining. Exactly. Yeah. This, yeah. The, no, there's no silver lining. It's hit after hit after hit. Okay? I'd say that the silver lining is that, like, because it hits so hard, you just yes. you can't stop engaging exactly. with it. Exactly. It's compulsively yeah. readable as a result of it. And so, like, it's, it's just so good. It's just... It's just so good. I'm like scrolling through it right now. I am too. Um, in the I also great have hall, to say, sorry, I ate some Count Chocula cereal with blood <laughs> instead of milk and a glass of red blood. What other options are there for the color of blood, Annabee? Okay. I, you know, here's the part where she describes Hermione. So we all remember Hermione from the Harry Potter series. Let me this. Let me read this to you, and then you tell me if you know that it's Herm- Hermione. Without <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pretend. I I I'm a prep. I've never I've never yeah, read. You're I've a never prep. read you're My Immortal. Okay, get into the prep mind. Yeah. You like to hang out in Hollister, yeah. where the lights aren't on yet because it's 2008, yeah. and it has to be dark in there. I definitely fit into Hollister clothing. Yeah. That yeah, was my struggle. Exactly. I could never fit into Abercrombie or Hollister. Well, I think that that's part of why I became like kind of an alt kid yeah. instead is because at least the clothes like looked flattering right? on my body shape. Your girl <laughs> okay. had hips and Abercrombie was like the only acceptable size is a double zero. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> my friend, Belody Mary Smith, smiled at me understatedly. She flipped her long waist, waist felt like garbage, waist length, gothic black hair and opened her crimson eyes like blood that she was wearing contact lenses on. She had pale white skin that she was wearing white makeup on. Hermione was kidnapped when she was born. Her real parents are vampires, and one of them is a witch, but Voldemort killed her mother and her father committed suicide because he was depressed about it. She still has nightmares about it, and she's very haunted and depressed. It also turns out her real last name is Smith and not Granger. Since she has converted to Satanism, she is in Slytherin now. Not... Not... Mm-hmm. Gryffindor. Yes. So, lot to unpack here. None of that is Hermione whatsoever. That's a whole different no. person, actually. She just wrote in a new character and was like, "But it's Hermione." But it's Hermione. The, backstory. Hey, the whole backstory of Hermione. Nothing. Nothing like you've God. known. Like, there's at least some. So, like, there's a My Immortal wiki. If you go on the My Immortal wiki for each of the characters, there's like a point at the bottom of the page where it's like how it differs from the normal character. There's some like Cornelia Fuck who like, you know, <laughs> is pretty much Cornelius, but you know, like it's just Cornelius Fudge, but with a different name and is a bit more aggro, you know? <laughs> Cornelia oh Fuck. Her name is Cornelia <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Second only to Doris Rumbridge. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. Okay. Um, so like there are there are fundamentally they're the same characters, right? They're just like a little different. Hermione, it's just like that's a whole whole ass other person. It's a whole different well and here's the thing, okay, is that as you read, you're like, how the hell could yeah. I could she have gotten all of this so wrong? And then you read one of the author's notes. And I don't know 
where exactly it is. And it kind of leads me to her next point, where she thinks her friend, mm-hmm. uh, Raven, yep. a.k.a. Bloody Tears, yep. with a Z, 666. Of yeah. As is tradition. not only her help with the story and the editing, mm. but for telling her about Harry Potter, because Ebony, or Tara, Tara admits that she has never watched the movies or read the book. Which, right. like, huge fucking plot twist, okay? Right? Because I actually love the energy of <laughs> Tara writing a story and just being like, just tell me tell me about the characters. I don't want to engage with it. <laughs> so what's Hogsmeade? Oh, it's like this, like, little village that they go to, like, outside of Hogwarts. Okay, sick. Would they have a good Charlotte <laughs> concert there? Uh, I don't think so. But, like, would they? And that's how the conversation would go. You know, like, that that energy is iconic. Well, and I think that we've all had a friend who's who we don't really know about their fandom other than the information that they've fed us. Like, we all have friends yeah. like that, I yeah. think. Yeah. The difference between the average person and Tara Gillespie is that the average person is not going to then go write a fan fiction based off of surface level information from that friend. I mean, like, I could write an Overwatch fan fiction, but it yeah, okay, would but not. Okay, but there's no plot. It wouldn't <laughs> have anything to do with Overwatch. And I think that's, that's the okay, point, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. could I affect, like, effectively write something about Diva and Mercy? Yeah, I know those names. Yeah. Do I know yeah. anything about them? No. Would I make no. something up on the spot? Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what Tara Gillespie did. Hundred yes. percent. I appreciate that she had her friend helping her with this yes. because um, we actually get to see the most interesting relationship dynamic in the entire story. Play out in the author's notes. Tell me more about it. So (laughs) if you've read this story, you know that the author's note are where we get delicious little glimpses into Tara Gillespie's life. Her her just delicious life. Iconic life. And Tara Gillespie has a fairly normal life uh, in terms of being a young teenager. She (laughs) begins with the very first author's note, which reads... Special fangs. Get it? Because I'm gothic. To my GF. Ew, not in that way. Raven. Bloody Tears 666. For helping me with the story and spelling. You rock. Rock spelled. R-O-K. Wrong. Yeah. Justin. You're the love. L-U-V. And also duh. <laughs> of my depressing with three Zs. Yep. Life. Yep. You rock too. Exclamation point. MCR rocks i mean they do i'll admit three cheers for sweet they, I mean, great album i wasn't really uh we don't have to get into it's, this yeah. i wasn't really an mcr kid because they were that. overrated because too many people were into it i can respect that i was also yeah, into I them seeing... like before they were before that you know i was into them before they were before cool. they were cool <laughs> anyways we were teenagers not only during the scene yeah. phase but also into the hipster phase yes exactly as you can tell. oh i was a hipster oh my <laughs> I was god too. i was such a hipster the, the scene kid to hipster pipeline is something we should address at some it's point it's very but not real right now. not right now no because i have a point that yes. i'm going with this so over the course of the author's notes you get a lot of thanks to this character raven aka bloody tears mm-hmm. 666 they are clearly very close friends because Raven actually gets a character in this story. Willow, right? Willow. Yeah. Willow is Raven's, like, insert character. Yeah. She's, dep- like, depicted as Ebony's best friend. Yeah. However, there is a point in the author's note where things between Tara Gillespie, the author, 
and Raven begin to unravel. Things get sour. Friendship breakout. Things up. get sour. Brought up a second they time go through this a episode. We watch a friendship breakout play out in real yeah. time. And I believe it starts with a sweater. Really? I don't remember. I barely remember this. So there is a point where in the author's note, uh, sweat, sweater. Um, <laughs> it is at the end of chapter 12. Um, which is also yeah. where we, I think chapter 11 is where we find out that Hagrid is also in love with Ebony. It's yes. not that important to the plot. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I see it. I'm looking at it right now. Bottom of this. Yeah. So you see, uh, she says, special things to Raven, my gothic's blood sister, WTF, you're supposed to writ this. So it looks like Raven has stopped helping. Mm-hmm. Also, at the point where, where Raven stops editing, it becomes almost incomprehensible. It, like, before it it's bad. rapidly. But Raven was really, I think, carrying the weight of any kind of edits to yeah. this at all. Yeah. On yeah. her shoulders. Yeah, 100%. Hey, Raven, do you know where my sweatin', where my sweater is? Hi. <sighs> In all caps. Chapter 13. Raven Fangs for gelping me again. I'm sorry I took your poster of Gerard. Gerard. Wayne. Gerard. Gerard. But that guy is such a fucking sex bomb. Preps stop flabbing goose. Because at this point, she was starting to receive like a lot of hate. Hate. Uh, Understandably. Now we can get into whether in it was case, warranted or not. You know what? But it, don't be shitty to teenagers on the internet. Yeah, don't be shitty to teenagers on the internet. But also, this was 2008. It was a different time. It was a different time. And um, I get it. Yeah, it was. I get it. I mean, this, there's a lot of, you know. I was 15. There's a lot of going on. And if I had had an account, I probably would have been like, hey, have we considered grammar? Yeah. That's what I yeah, was like exactly. when I was 15. I wouldn't do it now. Leave teenagers alone. But I'm also so, a nearly 28-year-old woman now, so. And then we begin to see it continue to, unrav- yeah. to unravel around chapter 15. It escalates. Uh, the author's note reads, Fangs to Raven for helping. But at the end, there's an author's note. I believe. Chapter 15. Right? No. Chapter, yeah, so chapter 15, no everything's chapter, good. Yeah. Chapter 16. Yeah. At the beginning of chapter 16. The author's note reads, You know what? Shut up, Okay. Prove, P-R-O-O-V, to me you're not preps. Raven, you suck, you fucking bitch. Yep. Give me back my fucking shit. You're supposed to do this. Raven, WTF, you're a bitch. Yep. You're supposed to do this. Yep. BTW, thanks to Brit- Brittany5655 for teaching me my Japanese. Yes. I would like you all to just kind of play out in your head. <laughs> The reading comes the reading like. that Jenny is giving you right now, I want you all to understand. She's not she's not translating. No. She's she's reading the visceral words off the page. Yeah. And it's just as um, confusing as you think. So then in chapter 17, we find out that this is still about the Gerard Way poster that that Tara, aka Ebony, has stolen. Now it's important to recognize that I am mixing up Tara and Ebony for a very key reason. Mm. At various points throughout the story, people refer to Ebony as Tara, yeah. which is how people started to piece together Tara's identity. Yeah, it, that's how it all unraveled in the end. Yeah. So chapter 17. Uh, 
um, PZ, Willow isn't really a prep. Now, I believe in the previous chapter, because she's mm-hmm. mad at Raven, she's like, turns out Willow was a poser this whole exactly. time. And she's a prep now. Yep. Um, chapter 17's author's note ends with, Raven, please do this. I'll promise to give you back your poster. So I think that at this point, the olive branch to Raven is like, Willow's not actually extended. a prep. Yeah. Yeah. Raven's like... Uh, Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way Terror Gillespie is like, hey, it's okay. I still want to be friends. I do, however, need you to edit. Uh, so I'm going to retract the Willow being a prep thing because that is the highest insult I could provide to you. Uh, so that's not a thing anymore. Could you do this work for me, maybe? I'm just. No, apparently it worked. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like. Like, call this yep. Katy Perry sending Taylor Swift a literal olive branch in the mail. I was just going to say that. Because it worked. The next author's note reads, Fangs to Raven for the help and stuff. Mm-hmm. You rock. And you're not a prep. Nut. Fangs for my suitors. Probably sweater. It's gotta be. P.S. The other reason Dumbledore swore is because he tried to be gothic so dare. Oh, right. I forgot that Dumbledore goes on a weird yeah. kick where he's trying to be yeah. a gothic. I also forgot about that strange plot point, um, but <laughs> apparently that Levine happens. He's an Avril Lavigne fan. And I respect like, it. I respect that. They're like, he's an Avril Lavigne fan and that makes him a poster. And at the time I was like, yeah, you know what? She's right. I'll grant her that because <laughs> we had reached the like peak of toxic masculinity and pop punk. Yeah. We don't need yeah. to unpack that right now. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's just like, what 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 I find is hilarious is that they're arguing over this Gerard Way poster, and I <laughs> promise you that like there were several J fourteen magazines month I was after month it came after out of a month, J14. right? Yes. Like literally several J fourteens, and every single one of them had a Gerard Way poster. Are you that hungry for one single Gerard Way poster that you can't go and buy a copy of? Teeny bu- Teen Beats or whatever the other one was called. Tiger Beat. Tiger Beat. It was Beat. called Tiger yes. Beat. So <laughs> like, it's so funny that you brought that up because I was literally just thinking like I used to get in trouble for pulling the po- fold out posters yeah. out of the magazines that were at the school bo- like library. Like I would go and like pull the. I, I didn't have a J14 subscription. I didn't have a J14 subscription either, but like I would always somehow coerce my mom into buying me one at chapters. Uh. I was always like, mom, I want J14. And she was like, that's no. And I was like, please. No. And she was like, no. She, you know, like I totally respect her for saying no. J14, really terrible for the body standards. Oh, yeah. Really oh, brutal. Yeah. Real brutal. Um, well, I mean, like, and back then, like, Teen Vogue was awful for the body standards. Oh, now yeah. they, they've really kind of committed more to body positivity. Teen which Vogue love to see, totally but... changed their branding, which I they love. They did. Oh, good for them. They did a good job. Go off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> Low key. Maybe, like, we'll write an article about fan fiction in, yeah. in Teen Vogue. Um, yeah. Reach exactly. out. Uh, reach our out. business email is in our bio. It is. It is. Of Are you in charge is. of that? Yeah. Oh, perfect. I got it. I got it all handled. Sitting Don't here, worry. Like, it's good. I show up and I'm like, okay. I read my immortal. <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I'm the. I'm the social girl. Uh, we should also say that in chapter 16, uh, there was an MCR concert at Hogsmeade. So again, Hogsmeade After bringing the in good the Charlotte very, concert. very intense, very, very important concerts. That you know, as a Canadian reading this, I was like, wow, I wish. <laughs> you know, I wish. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. Like, 
I feel like we could talk about this for forever. But before we wrap, I want to talk about. Um, oh yeah, we got to talk about more stuff. We like, have more stuff to talk like about. Like I, I wanna, I wanna talk about like not only the phenomenon this had, but like also like this like we kind of touched on this before we started and I definitely want to touch on it before we end this episode. This fanfic toes the line of satire to such a degree. I have no idea if it's satire. I don't know. And I, to this, to this fucking day, like you could ask me on any given day and I would probably give you a different answer depending on how much of it I read that day. I've read so much of this right now that I'm kind of like, that's real it dedication to, to the bit. I mean, it's got to be real, but, but then also that's dedication to the bit. It's got to be fake, right? It's got okay. Like that's it's where I'm at. Where be. I'm like, this has to be someone making fun of the shit that we used to do on yes, fanfiction. Yes, it has to be because this is so standard for how we used to. Now it it takes every bad part of every single that one possibly could have had, and puts it into a single fic. Which makes me think that it has exactly. to be satire because none of us did all none of, of it. us did all of exactly. This. Some people would we do a self insert with really it. great grammar, right? You yeah. didn't have like misspelled stuff, poor plot, illogical pacing, terrible author's notes, poor spelling, and a self insert. Like nobody had all of it. And like the spelling is, by the way, guys, so bad that there's no way it's not on purpose. No, it has to be on purpose. And I also like, think, like we mentioned before we started, like, like I think that. Um, the author Tara would probably like spell things phonetically sometimes. So like Jenny kept saying gothic before we started. And so I was like, oh yeah, gothic. Like I said it with like a British accent. And so like that must have been what Tara was doing, trying to spell the word gothic phonetically like a British person would say it. Because she's trying to be a student at Hogwarts. Exactly. However, I do have to say, I believe that Tara was American because if this is real... It is an indictment of the American public school system. There is no other school system that could produce this kind of writing. This, speaking as a public school kid myself, this is a public school kid writing this if it's real. If it's not real, all bets are off. I was also a public school kid. And Canadian public school is different than American public school marginally. But it's got the same essence. You know, it's got the same core essence. And, Which is uh, underfunded yes. and well overcrowded. Overcrowded, yes. Underfunded. Education is actually pretty well funded in Ontario. Um, okay, you guys have education, but we have so many bombs. <laughs> you you have healthcare, but we have guns. We have more bombs. <laughs> we have an army. <laughs> we have. <laughs> The Marines. We have the few. A military. <laughs> we have. And police. Yeah, uh, a lot anyways. of them. Yeah. Um, Before we digress too far down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah. like, it had to be. Now, it's I good. have a question for yeah. you, Vic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we wrap, oh, no. I want to know something. Uh, Who is your OTP from this story? Listen. You have to choose. No, I'm literally making you choose. You are the romance person here. <laughs> yeah, Whose romance do you find the most compelling? Because I have an opinion on it's, this, so you have listen, to have one it's too. Gotta, it's gotta be Draco and Ebony. And I know that's like the like boring It's a safe one. choice. It's the safe one. But here's my thing, right? With Vampire and Ebony coming in at a close second. I, however, hate a love triangle. I hate a love triangle. 
And I think it is so stupid when Draco <laughs> dies. And then Vampire is like, let's get some fuck. And Ebony's like, no. And he's like, Draco never loved you or whatever. I don't even remember the actual plot. That, like, so stupid. It's just... I just remembered something about the plot that's really important, but keep yes. going and then we'll get Jenny there. Jenny just had a moment of realization for everyone that's listening and not watching the YouTube video. There was, like, a like a moment of shock. She was jolted by a memory. Um, I don't know. I would say Draco and Ebony, and I think it's because, like... He's the first person that you see. It's immediately imprinted on your brain. These are emos in Slytherin. They are seen vampires. And Draco was like the king of that. And it was also like coming out at like the peak of like Dramione. And like, we've got to do a Dramione episode. Dramione. 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 Whatever. I've never said that word out loud. I've never wanted to. We should though. Like we should, you, we should I, say you, it out loud a lot in an episode. So, uh, we'll bring up this idea at the end of at the end of the episode, so it makes a good soundbite. But I, I do think that for our next fanfic that we read, mm. we should make a Twitter poll and <gasps> see what our Twitter followers want. That's us to a great read. idea. Just several but, ship names and let them pick. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's very interesting that you chose Draco and Ebony because. Yeah. Draco and Ebony actually drive the plot here. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but the actual plot is introduced around like chapter 37 <laughs> of the 44 chapters. <laughs> and it happens, It what happens is that Voldemort shows up and gives Ebony a gun yep. and is like, you have to kill Harry or I'll kill Draco. And she's like, okay. Now, I don't remember if this comes to fruition because the most important chapter comes shortly after that where someone hacks her fan fiction account and writes a hacked chapter that is then just left in and in this chapter all of the characters return to their canon incarnations and ebony dies and all of the characters briefly break from canon to sing ding dong the witch is dead and then the story ends but it continues after that as if the hack never happened i don't think she even acknowledges it in the author's i don't think she does either Um, I was going to say that my favorite ship. I'm ready for it. Is Terra and Raven. I think that Terra and Raven were endgame. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I think that they were endgame. You're right. And I think that Willow and Ebony, by extent, are also endgame. We're endgame. Like, doesn't Willow end up with Diablo, though? Which is Ron, again, for the record, everyone. I think Willow does wind up with... Hang on. Can you look that up for me very quickly? Yep, 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 yep. Does Willow wind up with... I think that she does. Um, Does? I think that... So for a future reference for all of those listening or watching, we will be actually reading all of the other fan fictions. We've just both read this fan fiction so often that we were ready with talking points. Oh, yeah. You never forget Immediately. Exactly. It never goes away. Exactly. I can't I can't find it in this second, but we'll tweet about it. We will. <laughs> this will be a mystery. It'll be a mystery. Um so ultimately, Vic, how do you think my immortal impacted you as a person? I think it just like um like I mean it, I like I said, I have sev- I have bonded with several people, several groups of friends. Like if you grew up in the mid 2000s like if you grew up in like 
Like, like if you read My Immortal, if you're around our age, if you're in your 20s or your early 30s right now, you can bond with other people over this fan fiction. And like, so, I have, I've done it several times with like people. I have like met people and bonded with them over this. And so, yes, it's terrible. It's bad. It's written poorly. It's 99% satire, I'm sure. It has a special place in my heart because I have such visceral memories associated with it and you can use it as a bonding tool and I think that's so fucking cool that like something so heavily criticized and like I also think it was something that like young women and like young LGBTQ people consumed and so like it's like it's kind of like one of those things that you get to like be like I enjoyed this and like a lot of people were bullied for liking Harry Potter and for liking Twilight and for liking all of these things and it's like I liked this anyways and it's uh I don't know like it's like kind of I like it's terrible but it's great at the same time yeah I think that like it was kind of just a cultural touchstone for so many people that we all like if anyone is even remotely into nerdy culture, you're like, so you read my immortal, exactly. right? And if they haven't, they've heard of it. Exactly. And then you can introduce I think that them for to me. It. Yeah, exactly. I think that another important thing that my immortal did culturally was, and there are going to be people who are mad at me. This is a hot take. Yeah, are ready. you ready? I think I know what you're about. I to say, say this. It is what made scene cringe. Oh. I think that for a while, scene was kind of a Fucking, cool yeah. and fun subculture. You're right. Like the music scene was really great. Cobra Starship. Mm. Fantastic. I still okay. Know the guilty like, pleasure dance. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And so, like, the entire, so much of the culture was like, scene is cool. Yeah. And then this really highlighted a lot of the weird attitudes that scene kids had yeah. and underscored. For, I think, one of the very first times that scene was cringe. Yep. This is, I think, where you start to see the death of scene in terms of popularity in the media. I think you're right in a lot of ways, especially yeah. after, like, My Immortal did hit that, like, skyrocket popularity point, right? So, like, you, you read it around 2010, which is when, like, the whole world was reading it. And that really exactly. was the beginning of the death of scene and the moving... Because I graduated high school in 2011. I was out of my scene phase by then. Um, I was out of my scene phase after grade 10, actually. Like grade 11 and 12, I was I was still listening to scene music, but I was out of my scene phase. And by the time I got into university, I was fully in my hipster phase. So like September 2011 is like, again, around the time where scene was like dead. And all of the scene people had like, you know, we all started wearing plaid scarves and those like green utility jackets right and yeah i can definitely like i can remember 2011 going to the paramore concert and being concerned that i looked too seen and not goth enough because scene wasn't scene wasn't cool emo was cool and uh goth was cool and scene was really uncool which is very strange the switch flipped fast on scene it did it really did and i think that my immortal is yeah. where you start seeing scene yeah. become cringe. You're totally right. Uh, Ooh, that you're and it was so really influential. Right. Yeah, thank you. It's the lit degree. I'm thinking about it. Honestly, mood. Yeah. <laughs> I also got a minor in anthropology, so this is this is where it's they intersect. It's the combination of those two. Is my immortal <laughs> made scene cringe that in is... the cultural zeitgeist? Exactly. 
Um, because yeah, I, I think that it was just it was cool, and then it was decidedly not only uncool, but it was cringe. We didn't have the word like we had the word cringe, yeah. but it didn't mean what it did. No, exactly. Um, it took on a whole it was just, new identity it, after that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I that, and it's weird because I see like weird scene stuff coming back, and I'm like, well, it's because everything comes back around. Right. So it like, does. Like, people are like yeah. getting into like the super scene stuff that I was into in like 2008 right now. And I'm like, no, don't do like, don't. OK, that fucked with our body yeah. images so bad. The dance music hit for no good reason. Right. By the way, this is perfectly time because I do believe. Gabe Supporta is dropping a new song today. Really? Cobra Starship is making its return today. It better be just fucking bangers. I should be. Just absolute bangers. Gabe, if you're listening, it better fucking slap, my dude. It has been so long. I know. I listen to a lot of, I, I listen to a lot of Cobra Starship to this day. I do too. I, I cried a, someday robots will cry (laughs) Which, it's not that sad of a song. No, but you know what? We all have songs that we cry to that are just not really all that sad. And I clean the house to prostitution is the oldest. Oh my God, that song is so good. Um, that whole album is just. I also love the song Pete Wentz is the only reason we're famous. <laughs> Good song too. <sighs> fangs up, my friends. Oh. Fangs up. Oh my god, yo. Fangs <laughs> up, Vic. Jenny. Do it with me. Sorry. Fangs up. My bad. It's it's fangs been up. so long. It's been a lifetime. Um, on that note. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> everyone. Thank you so much for listening to um our second episode of Fan Fiction Book Club. Uh. I hope you enjoyed an hour of us talking about uh, My Immortal because I certainly enjoyed an hour of us getting too. wildly yeah. off track at some points. But you know what? That's what this podcast is going to be. And people need to realize it. We are going to get wildly off track at some points. We are going to get really delicious tidbits about our lives like we were both nerd fighters. Where else yeah. would you have learned that? The answer is nowhere. Jenny, do you want to sign Nowhere. Absolutely, I do. Real fast, be sure to follow us on all of our social media down below. We will be posting a poll on Twitter as to what we're going to be reading next. So if you enjoyed this, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Vote in that poll. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Remember to like and leave a review. No flames, please. That's what I was waiting for. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 